1: Hello, Husker fans. Welcome to episode 250 of the Husker Football Fan Podcast. I'm Mike Carvet,
0: And I'm Justin Swanson.
1: In today's episode, we react to Nebraska's heartbreaker loss to Michigan and gear up for the $5 bits of broken chair bowl against Minnesota. We also hear from you on the Runza
0: reaction line. You can find us on the web at huskerpod.com or by searching Husker Football Fan Podcast on Facebook. You can also connect with us on Twitter by following at huskerpod or email us at huskerpod at gmail.com. This episode is brought to you by Central Nebraska Buffalo. Check out their website for their latest deals. That's cnbuffalo.com.
1: Also brought to you by Monty Rohde with Pinnacle Realty in Lincoln. Looking to buy or sell a home in Lincoln or know somebody who is? Reach out to Monty at 402 770
0: 3356. Well, another, uh, another close miss. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. You know, in, in the wake of the
1: game. Yeah, I was thinking, man, we we really don't need to talk about this very much. We could just have people go back and listen to our reaction after <laughs> the Oklahoma game. But I think like given time to process this loss, um and even seeing like the way some of the players and coaches have talked about this loss, um I feel a little bit different today than I did after Michigan State or after after Oklahoma do, do you are you picking up on that too
0: yeah I think that we continue to face really talented teams and hold our own and we you know the the officiating was bizarre for mm-hmm. sure um but you take that aside and we we held our own our special teams didn't destroy our chances in any way I mean they're very respectable um uh some untimely the first intercept the interception that adrian threw like whatever you're gonna have those um the fumble obviously we can quibble over whether or not it was meant to be but i i mean those were two yeah we we were we hung tight we played relatively clean and um took care of a lot of our bugaboos from earlier this season so yeah it does feel like we are moving in the right direction i really thought we were gonna win i really thought we were gonna win
1: yep I uh I did not think so in the first half. <laughs> yeah. I even was texting a, a friend of mine that said, Man, it just feels like we're gonna lose this game. And then the third quarter happened.
0: Yeah, well, and we've not been a third quarter team, right? We haven't been a first quarter team or a third quarter team. Yeah. And uh and they put it all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I kept thinking through the first half of that uh that Chris Farley Columbia coffee skit where they're like sir did you, did you know that we substituted your specialty <laughs> coffee with columbia coffee right and he's smiling really big and then over a few seconds it slowly goes down to a frown and then into rage right right like that's how it kind of felt the first half was with uh a really fast start mm. and then getting stuffed in the goal line basically and then we just couldn't do anything we couldn't do anything i know was 13 to zero right at mm-hmm. halftime mm-hmm. and uh so it's just it was just a sense of frustration after a hot start. But yeah, they came back out, put a bunch of great plays together, got a timely turnover that made for a really short field, and we had the lead. Yeah. How did how did you feel about that decision to go for
1: it on the first drive?
0: Um, It was fine. You know, he's being aggressive. Special teams have been a liability. And he said in the postgame that he didn't think uh, he thought we needed to get all the touchdowns we needed, or we could get because he yeah, that was he say, what it would take.
1: Yeah, you're, I, I'm remembering that too. He said like I didn't think we were going to win this game with field goals. I think it was essentially what he said. That's yeah, that's what he yeah. said. So
0: yeah, I was fine with it. I mean, it was frustrating when it didn't work out, but I was fine with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean you you go you kick a field goal from that position and you miss it, and they get it actually back out at the twenty. Yeah. So and missing a field goal does seem like it could happen at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from that perspective, yeah, go for it. If you don't get it, they're pin deep. And they were deep. They were deep. Yep. Yep. I had, uh, that's pretty
1: much exactly how I felt. <laughs> okay. I, I did see some people on, on Twitter being like, you take the points. You got to take the points. But and, and thankfully, I haven't. I actually haven't seen too many people pointing to those three points as like, so yeah, that's the difference in the game. It's like, well, yeah, but at the same time, like the entire game would have been played differently. And right. so yeah. like maybe they wouldn't have gone for two when they went for two and you know there's just so many other variables that would change the game if we made that field goal or attempted that field goal
0: yeah that going for two thing that was goofy because I don't think you really need to do that because you you just kicked the field goal and you're up 20 to seven I mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. and yeah it's not an exact even two touchdowns it definitely
1: yeah struck me as a like, we need to even this out just for the sake of it, evening. Like, I don't know if you've like ever had... Like an OCD had... thing. Well, yeah, I was going to say, like, uh, like I don't know if I have... I've had friends who had to, like, put their volume at a certain, like, interval in their car. Like, they couldn't leave it at, like, volume level 16. It had to be at 15 or 20. <laughs>
0: mm. Yeah, definitely, because especially points had been a premium at that point. Mm-hmm. And so then you play it forward, and we go for two to make it a three-point lead, which you know makes a little more sense, I think. And so instead of – it could have been 20 to 21, but then it became 19 to 22. So then we had a three-point lead because yeah. they went for it and failed, which motivated us to go for it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I think especially early in the third quarter like that, you just take yeah. the field goal. or the Exactly.
1: Goal. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, th- th- this is the rough thing is people are going to talk about the officiating – understandably um mm-hmm. uh, i would say the only thing the only thing in the entire game where i'm like man we got we got hosed <laughs> is is that that fumble um yeah i i personally before i even knew what was going on i was like why didn't they like they stopped and where's the whistle for forward progress yeah. And then I saw that guy come in to tackle him from behind. Thankfully it didn't actually it wasn't as bad as it looked live in the moment, but I thought that guy was gonna like break Martinez's legs tackling him low down like that. Mm-hmm. Um but then the ball came out and before I knew it they were talking about Martinez fumbling and I was just like, Come on like it just and then on the very next drive, so frustrating, they they blow the whistle like while a guy is still moving. For for Michigan didn't make any sense for me. So,
0: yeah, really inconsistent. Yeah. Um, well, consistently not calling holding for either team. <laughs> oh my goodness! The things that they decided to call and the things that they didn't call are, are it's very peculiar.
1: Mm-hmm. I'm surprised that so many Husker fans were surprised by disconcerting signals. I feel like we've talked about disconcerting signals like five times on this podcast somehow.
0: What? Maybe not in those words, but yeah, we've it's certainly been an issue. People have claimed. We've claimed other teams did it, right? Mm-hmm. Although I I've seen footage of the one that they f- they flagged, and he was clearly looking over yeah to another guy trying to get his attention. I haven't seen I haven't looked at the footage earlier where uh, Harbaugh was claiming that we were doing it. Mm-hmm. But you look at that video and it's like, oh, this, was, this was well nothing. The funny thing too
1: is, I I think somebody pointed out online, did Michigan even use clapping as a part of their cadence? I don't think they did. Oh, I don't know. That's so where like, sure you can call out clapping, and apparently there has been a push for clapping to be, you know that they've been telling refs to keep an eye out for that kind of thing and crack down on it. But
0: I mean, yeah, the when we're they're going to get uh, they're going to get dinged on that in their post game review. The, yeah. the refs are for sure.
1: Well, and then also like reviewing every other play.
0: <laughs> oh, that was so bad. I will say the second touchdown that they took off the board. I was pretty irritated, and I was like, "It's not. It, it's clearly a touchdown. Just let him have it and let the game proceed." Uh, and because I think they were trying to review whether or not it crossed the threshold. I don't think they were reviewing the knee, right? It wasn't till later. No, they they were they were
1: reviewing the knee because Frost like made them review it. Oh, okay, really? <laughs> yeah, he he called for it. Otherwise, because I had the same attitude. I was like, "Okay, whatever. Let's get this over and know if they're going to get in
0: the end zone." But well, he he said held sigh up in the booth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, did you see? We retweeted a gal who works in Husker Vision who someone, some national writer pointed out that the Husker Vision person saved Nebraska four points. And because in the stadium there, I think there were a lot of people that were like me, they're kind of like, what's going? us let's just get this over with. And then all of a sudden they showed the highlight and then on the, on Husker Vision, they circled the knee.
1: Yeah, I heard. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the the crowd go nuts on the on the broadcast. So really? clearly, clearly they saw. I mean, clearly you all saw something that we at home did not see. So yeah,
0: I ha- it, not until that moment did I did I see it. And so uh, anyway, this this person who was working on Husker Vision was saying that was like the highlight of her life or something. Was <laughs> getting those points back. <laughs> That's great. Good work. Good work, friend. That's great. You know, back back on the fumble. Um, the moment he got through that hole and kind of hit the pile, I said, just don't fumble, buddy. Oh no. (laughs) I think we all probably had that thought in that moment. Just, you know, one of my, one of my friends was saying, "You just gotta know where the down and distance is and just get down. You don't Mm -hmm. even need, you don't need to fight for the extra yards. Yeah. Yep. He's a fighter. He's a fighter. I'll say he's a fighter for sure, but he also is pretty wise with his body. It kind of is irritating that he runs out of bounds pretty quick. But then again, he has never played all the way through his season at Nebraska. He's always been out for something injury-wise, and then there's usually a drop-off after him. So, mm-hmm. uh, while you know, part of me wants to see him put his shoulder down to get the extra yards, you put your shoulder down to get an extra yard, and it dislocates, and then that was the most worth, worthless extra yard you ever fought for. Mm-hmm.
1: And we'll never know. We'll never know what was happening at the the bottom of that pile on that punt, um, but. Yeah. Get out of town. When has that ever been called? When is that ever, when has tie yeah. goes to the runner
0: the been only, called during a football I, game? The only time I can ever think of that that decision being made was there was a game I think it was it was the Packers, I don't know who they're playing, but Aaron Rodgers threw a Hail Mary or something, and the defender and the offense, the wide receiver, went up and they both had their hands on it and they both went to the ground holding it the whole time. <laughs> You know what? I I remember what you're and describing. One, one yep yeah one ref did the touchdown signal, and another ref is doing the side to side incomplete signal. And there's a pit picture of that, and so that was where like tie goes to the runner. Mm-hmm. And it was obvious. We could all kind of see. Oh wow, that's a real. That's even like how do you say who's got it and who doesn't? But when you've got a big pile like that? I mean, dig down, get to the bottom. Someone's yeah. going to end up with the ball and, I, you know, there was a bunch of Nebraska guys who seemed to think we had it and you know, that's not gospel truth, but that's usually a pretty good indicator of who's got it. Yeah. Yeah, if you see, the,
1: if there's a moment where the whole team's like, yep, yep, it's ours, it's ours, that's a, a pretty decent indicator that somebody has clear possession at that point, you know? But...
0: These refs, they're just so... I don't know if it's this particular... Well, the guy who sat in front of us the whole game was screaming at the ref from the very first play. His name oh. was Reggie. The guy, the ref's name was Reggie, and these guys were. It was like every play, Reggie,
2: you're an idiot,
0: Reggie, Reggie. <laughs> it's kind of. It was kind of funny um, until it was, you know, true and terrifying, terrible. But um, it does seem to be
1: like a pattern that these Big Ten refs are. Uh, how can I put it?
0: Incompetent. they <sighs> they're relying on the camera. Mm-hmm. and the replay. So, you know, I appreciate if there's if you run the ball and it pops out and someone picks it up, maybe you let it go and then you can review that. But when you've got a bunch of guys holding up the quarterback and then you've got other players diving at his ankles and, blow that, oh, that sucker dead." Like, yeah. what are you waiting for? And and the same thing you but the the opposite thing really with the fumble like let them let them play it out i just i don't understand what they're trying to accomplish it just it just feels really cowardly they're like oh i don't know what this is so let's just say it was a tie mhm mhm oh i i, I don't want to blow the whistle dead. i want this player's ankles to be broken and and
1: yeah and that's that's part of the frustration for me like they they don't <laughs> like people are saying like they've got it out for nebraska I'm just like no, I think that they're just really bad at what they do. <laughs> it's not, <laughs> it's not that they like have some axe to grind against our team. It's just that they're that we need somebody else doing the job. So uh, whatever, yeah. whatever. We can talk yeah, about refs all day. Yeah, I was
0: just gonna say that's enough of that. Yeah. I know there were several people in my section saying, why don't you give it to Yant on that short yardage situation? That why do you keep giving it to Ramirez up the gut? Two things. First. Later in the game, he started busting those for mm-hmm. a little bit longer. Um, second, uh, as Frost pointed out in the press conference after the game, or maybe it was um, Monday, um, if you uh, there was one short yardage, it was like a second and one, and they tried to give it to he didn't say who's who it was, but it was Yant, and he went the wrong way and kind of ran into Adrian, and the play got screwed up. Do you remember that? Yeah. And then I think on third down, it it didn't work out, and we ended up punting. So. Uh, he, he said, you know, we tried to give someone else a shot and he ran, in, you know, it didn't work. And so, uh, Ramir gives us our best chance to win. Yep. And he, he did only have 67 yards on 17 carries for a 3.9 yard average. So, you know, that's, that's, uh, that's a first down on yeah. three carries, but that's yeah. a hard earned, yes, uh, yardage. But then he had six catches for uh, 105 yards with a 43 yard long. So he's, He's really become quite the back for us, and mm-hmm. it, it's exciting. He, he's he got that burst of speed, too, that once he gets a moment to kick it into gear, he's fast. Yeah. Yep. I've also heard a few people express a little bit dis- of disgust that at the end of the game, when you're in the two-minute drill or minute-and-a-half drill, I think you had Levi Falk and um, uh, Oliver Martin in instead of Xavier Betts, and... Um, I don't know if Torrey was in or not. You you didn't necessarily have your three fastest, biggest played wide receivers, but I think that may be true that they are the fastest and they might have the biggest upside for amazing, amazing plays. But I think you just, they're going with who they trust. Mm -hmm. I think they're, they're saying we not, we might not have the 85 yard touchdown, but they're going to run the play, right? I mean, Xavier dropped an option pitch uh, earlier in the game and Oh, I guess I don't think Oliver did anything wrong, but
1: I think what I'm hearing from you is that are we as a fan base slowly starting to trust the decision making process of our coaching staff?
0: yeah, I think well, I think I am mm-hmm. I think I am is thank you for kinda drawing that out of my um word mumble jumble here is that yeah i think I think Frost is really putting it together. Mm-hmm. I'm really.
1: Man, some of the play I, calling in this game
0: was beautiful actually. <laughs> it was really it was really great. Yeah. It was really great. It was a lot of fun. It was exciting and that second quarter they were still kinda fighting through some stuff and they just decided to open it up in the third quarter and it was it was exciting. I thought we had it, man. I thought we were gonna win it. We will. Next year.
1: I feel like we got Michigan's number.
0: You know what? This is the hardest schedule in the country. You know, maybe the second, depending on Dude. where you look. This
1: three of our four schedule. losses three of our four losses top 10 teams yeah and they that, were all down to the wire
0: right yep and fluke plays in all of them so we're we're just so close and it almost feels I was thinking about this earlier today this is like our chrysalis year like the last few years we were a fat little uh <laughs> caterpillar and this is the year where we've crawled up into our chrysalis, and and something beautiful is forming, <laughs> something gorgeous, well, you know, is that, preparing to be unleashed. That's interesting that you say
1: that because I I saw some discussion, and and forgive me, I'm not going to look it up, but it was somebody made a post on Reddit on the on the Huskers subreddit. Um, I don't know if it was yesterday or today, but they were talking about everybody keeps pointing to, man, we just need that one we need that one game to be like the turning point for our team. What if this entire season is yeah. that turning point? Yeah. Because, you know, it, I I think that there's you you put a lot on the team and there's kind of this pressure for like this moment for like just the floodgates to open and suddenly we're good. But, you know, last week or a couple weeks ago we were talking about like we're slowly turning that cruise ship, right? yeah I think maybe we're seeing that cruise ship is finally starting to turn around and head in the correct direction and um, you know just a moment ago I was talking about th- three out of the four teams that we lost to were top 10 teams. That is an objective metric that we have discussed at length in pr- in previous years. What's one thing that we pointed out that we wanted to stop happening? We didn't want to get embarrassed and Mm -hmm. get blown out by these highly ranked teams on national television. I don't think that there's anybody who can argue that Nebraska is a bad team this year. I think a lot of people who even hate us are just looking at the way things have gone and said, man, that's rough for them, you know? Mm. I think people get it that Nebraska is a better team than their record uh, reflects this year.
0: Yeah, I I don't think... I don't think anybody on our schedule is excited to play us on the flip side. Um, I am excited to get a shot at, um, I don't want to say vengeance, but you know, I'm excited to play these next few teams on our schedule. Oh yeah. I'm not, I'm not thrilled to play Ohio state again. Um, but heck I'm excited to play everybody on our schedule right now. I, we, we've got a shot with all of them. Mm -hmm. Uh, Wisconsin is as bad as they've been. Um, Purdue and Minnesota look real beatable. Uh, Ohio State has not been perfect this year, even though their schedule shows that they are. And Iowa, I think we match up with pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm excited. I have, friend, I have a friend who's
1: a he's a diehard Iowa fan, and he says that Nebraska is the one team left on their schedule that he's nervous about. So,
0: I've seen several people guess today that Nebraska upsets an undefeated Iowa in the last game of the season. <laughs> now, if that could be for our seventh win instead of our sixth win, oh, that'd be I'd, beautiful. I'd like that. I'd appreciate Icing that. Icing on the cake. Yep. But, you know, if, if we're going to win uh, and be at six or, you know, and get to a bowl, I'd rather, whatever, let's just get there. <laughs> we need that bowl. Uh, right. We need that bowl so bad. I mean, there's only so many, there's only so many moral vid- victories. We need to extend the chrysalis phase for another like three weeks so we can get underclassmen right. practices. <laughs> Is it a chrysalis for a butterfly and a cocoon for a moth? I don't know, man. And vice versa. I've got little kids. We're reading these types of I books. I go okay.
1: open up an Eric Carle book and find out.
0: The Very I Hungry hate. Caterpillar. No, I know. I was trying to okay. read the book in my mind. <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Wait, now I'm second guessing. Is it Caterpillar or Caterpillar? Oh, my gosh. Is that some Midwestern thing that I was unaware of in the way I talk?
0: Coupon. <laughs> uh, Nick henridge and luke reimer 15 and 12 tackles respectively cam taylor Britt, 11 tackles three passes defended yeah Uh, Deontay williams eight tackles um and this defense this defense is playing lights out right now
1: yeah looked a little tired towards the end of the game understandably but they they were on the field a long time
0: yeah yeah let's see if we have that total time of possession here it I think they beat us, but I think they had it maybe five minutes more than us.
1: That sounds about right.
0: Yeah, so you know maybe to sum some things up here, I didn't watch the press conference, the post game press conference until today. Okay. Recording recording on Monday, I just did not feel, I wasn't feeling it. Like I didn't feel the need to, and in part because I didn't feel like he had anything to really explain. I didn't feel like the players had anything to. You know they 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 tried their best and they came up short against the team that's in the top ten. Yeah. So um, you know I finally watched it and and I would say that Frost seemed pretty upbeat for a team that for a coach that's three and four. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he seemed pretty positive and I think that's that's great. So um, I'm really excited to see what we can do down the home stretch and I think a, a bowl we got to win three out of the last five. We got Purdue and, and Minnesota. I think we can definitely beat. And uh, we got Ohio State and Iowa, who we could beat. And then we've got Wisconsin, who I think we should beat at this point. So, you know, we're in a good spot, and I'm excited to to see where things go.
1: I like it. Well, on that note, let's go ahead and uh, turn it over to the runs of reaction line here because I, I think that uh, our voicemails reflect the overall uh, tone of our discussion this week. So we're, we're not alone in what we're thinking about this team and where they're headed. First up is Danny from Omaha.
3: What's up, guys? This is Danny from Omaha. Um, I just want to say I'm really proud of the team. Um, I just finished watching Scott Frost presser, and uh, he said the same. He also said it was one of the most fun uh, games he had coached, and it really was fun. Um, As having been a fan personally of a bunch of teams that lose games, I kind of feel like Husker Nation kind of needs to face the fact that the Huskers are a good team, but that that doesn't always translate into wins. Um, and if you've ever been a fan of a team that, you know, loses games, it's it's common for people to, to say, like, you know, either you uh, are in it just for the wins or you're a true fan. So, you know, I'm proud of the Huskers. It was a really um, exciting game to watch. I think they played awesome. And we just got to stick with them because they're getting better and they're doing really well. So go be great. Thanks
1: for calling back, Danny. Um, yeah, that's an that's an interesting take there. Um, I'm I'm a fan of the team. I'm a diehard fan of the team, but I also want to see wins. <laughs> Maybe that's not fair. That's probably not what Danny was getting at. But um, but yeah, you know I. I think that there's a lot of wisdom, and you can be a really good team, but that doesn't always mean that you're going to win every game. You know, that's part of life. Yeah.
0: You know, there was... It's a smaller contingent than it's been in the past few frustrating games, but there were still a few people who were like, Frost has to go. He can't do it. But mm-hmm. And so I was kind of... I was on a mute fest over the weekend on social media. I don't want to hear... These people, like, their opinion is so extreme, it's not valid. Like, mm-hmm. you... You are an extremist about Scott Frost, and you need to hush up. Um, it's coming. It's coming. We're so close. It's the hardest schedule in college football, and we're hanging right there with the best of them. Just uh, Michigan State just tweeted tonight about how amazing their running back is and how unstoppable he is. I mean, we shut that guy down. Uh, uh, Michigan's quarterback hadn't thrown an interception in his career to this point. We intercepted him. Oh, uh,
1: it was so... So wonderful to finally stop hearing Michigan hasn't trailed all year. Well, guess what? They trailed to Nebraska this weekend.
0: Booyah. And then to flop over back to special teams. Uh uh Brist up had four kicks for 190 yards. That's 47 and a half yards average. I mean, yeah. he had a 55 yard kick in there. It's coming together, folks. Mm-hmm. We're getting there. Now, I will say it needs to it needs to happen against uh, the teams that aren't good like Right. we need to and we just did that against Northwestern we, we need to do again
1: better not play down to these next few teams right. yeah. yeah 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 yep
0: we need to take it to PJ <laughs> okay i'm done
1: have i have i expressed my disdain for PJ fleck uh, yeah just save it for yeah, yeah let's, i guess we'll, so we'll we need to get yeah all right so <laughs> our next call comes from Brandon in Kansas City guys it's Brandon
4: in Kansas City um you know, I'm disappointed tonight. Um, but for the first time in a while, I'm not disappointed by the team. Um, I'm disappointed by an absolute one-sided um, call of the game by the officiating crew. Um, I hate complaining about about refs. I feel like that's the that's the normal playbook of a losing team. But man, Nebraska shouldn't have to overcome. Such egregious calls by one team, including on on basically what ended up being the winning drive for Michigan, uh, where Martinez clearly had his forward progress stopped, is getting punched by Michigan players until he fumbles the ball. Um, you know, I see the I see the fight, I see the heart. Guy guy played great tonight. Frost called a great second half. Um, the defense did what they needed to do to win. Everybody on that team did what they needed to do to win. And for the first time probably since twenty ten, we had a game stolen from us from the refs by the refs. Um, yeah, I think back to that night in, in college station. So I'm gonna stay positive. Uh I think they should uh they should be very angry and should kick the crap out of Michigan next week. Um, and it should set up for a a good conclusion of the season. Um, I think going to a bowl is still in the cards. Um they can just keep, keep bringing this effort every week. So thanks guys. Look forward to hearing your thoughts, uh, later this week.
0: Bye. Brandon, thanks for the call. I feel like he's, he's actually echoing or maybe we're echoing him. Uh, a lot of stuff we've talked about tonight and, uh, it's, it's good to, to hear other people in Husker Nation, uh, looking forward to the future and let's, uh, let's go, let's go get bull eligible.
1: Yep and i'm sure we we all know he meant to say minnesota when he said michigan that's okay Um, right well thanks to danny and brandon for calling in um we did receive um (laughs) let's just say there not every phone call that we get gets played on the podcast um we we would appreciate it if you were at least somewhat sober when you call (laughs) um but that's neither here nor there. Um, I do also want to point out that our, our invitation um, for, for a certain caller from Pleasantville uh, last week, that person did not call in. So um, if you're listening, the, the invitation is extended through the end of the season. If you want to call in at any point, we'll, we'll be sure to feature you on the podcast. I'm not going to name names because I don't want it to sound like I'm calling anybody out. But if you live in Pleasantville and you've tried calling before, you know who you
0: are. <laughs> how many? How many coupons have we we offered up for this at this point? Like uh, at this
1: point, it's just two for this person. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Um. All right. On to let's let's row this boat up to Michigan. <laughs> now I'm the one saying Michigan on
0: accident. <laughs> let's <laughs> row the boat up to Minnesota. All right. Don't get us confused. Okay. So uh, looking here at Minnesota's schedule thus far, they are three and two. They lost their season opener to Ohio State 45-31 in a game that was close for a while before Ohio State pulled away in the end, um, and I think had us thinking that Minnesota was pretty good, and uh, Ohio State, of course, is number two overall in SP+. Then they went uh, and hosted Miami of Ohio, who is 86th overall, and they just squeaked it out, 31 uh, this game, this team's real up and down, as you're going to see here. Mm-hmm. Um, then they go to Colorado, who team who's 88th in SP Plus, so two spots worse than Miami of Ohio, and they score about the same amount of points, 30, and they totally blank Colorado, so 30 to zero at at Boulder, at mile, uh, at Boulder. yeah. <laughs> then, what happened the next week, Justin? <laughs> then they host Bowling Green, who's 117th overall in SP Plus. We're getting to the, you know, we're getting into Nebraska special teams territory here. And they lose fourteen to ten um before bouncing back this last week at Purdue, who's forty-seventh overall, who they beat twenty to thirteen. What so, a strange, strange season. <laughs> yeah, so they've had some injuries, I think, to their wide receivers. I really haven't followed Minnesota very closely, so I, I couldn't I can't tell you what's going on here. But uh yeah, they're all over the place. Looking Looking at some of their statistical leaders here, Tanner Morgan at quarterback, 47 of 90. So 52%, 709 yards, uh, four touchdowns, two interceptions. He's been sacked eight times. Trey Potts is their number one guy at running back right now. He's attempted to rush 112 times for 552 yards. That's 4.9 yards per carry. Not bad. Six touchdowns. Uh, Mo Ibrahim um, I, was he uh, was he the All Big Ten running back last year? If yeah. he wasn't, he was yeah. definitely he was yeah okay he was definitely the presumptive uh, All Big Ten running back this year. Of course, of course, is out with an injury, so um, that's probably been really hard for them to absorb that loss. Yeah, you look at wide receiver and Dylan Wright has nine receptions for 169 yards. That's eighteen. 8. 8 yards average two touchdowns daniel jackson has 14 receptions for 155 yards it's an 11-yard average and one touchdown and then mike brown stevens four catches for 139 yards that's a 34.8 yard average zero touchdowns in fact the chris ottman bell seven catches for 128 yards 18.3 yards per carry per catch a touchdown and then brevin span ford uh seven catches for 89 yards 12.7 yards average so your top five wide receivers don't have a lot of catches they really yeah. don't pass the ball very much um but they're really blowing you up so i th- i think what that probably means is you've got a lot of play action type stuff where you're you're sucking the defense in with repeated runs and then uh, eventually rip off the top of yeah. the big yeah with yep. a big pass so that's i'm guessing having not watched a ton of their game that games that's what's happening uh matthew trickett is the kicker 14 to 15 on pats wait he's With with the last name Trickett, you're going to be the guy
1: who kicks it? Come on.
0: That's his name. Trickett can kick kick
1: it. I guarantee somebody's got a T-shirt somewhere that says Trickett can kick it.
0: And if not, you should make one and start selling (laughs) it. He's 6 of 9 on field goals. He's missed one from the 20s, and he's missed one from the 40s, and one from the 50s. Um, His long is 50 yards. You get down into defensive statistics and – Linebackers Jack Gibbons and Mariano Sorimarin are the leading tacklers with 17 and 15 tackles, respectively, solo, uh, a total of 30 and 28 tackles, and three and two passes defended. Uh, Sorimarin or Marin has an interception. Uh, Gibbons is forced to fumble, so, a couple of real active guys yeah. in the linebacking core. Um, Tyler Newbin, defensive back, has a couple of interceptions and a pass defended. And their sack leader is Thomas Rush with three and a half sacks. So those are some names to keep your eyes on. Uh, Boye Mafe uh, has, oh, excuse me, he's a sack leader. He has five sacks for mm. twenty six yards from the defensive line. Dang. That was a name that uh, we heard about this summer, um, talking to Ryan Burns. So you know, I it's I don't I think the defense was replacing a lot, and they've allowed. They've allowed some points. Ohio State forty-five, Miami of Ohio twenty-six, shutting out Colorado, only fourteen to Bowling Green, only thirteen to Purdue. So, so actually, they they started out less effective, and they've gotten pretty decent uh, along the way here. Um, I I feel pretty confident in in our ability to shut down this offense, especially without Mo Ibrahim, um, Tanner Morgan with like a fifty percent completion rate. Just does not scare me. Yeah, <laughs> not, not at all. Especially um, with
1: our defense, man.
0: Yeah, uh, I'm. I'm really hopeful that I don't think we get. I don't think we get a Northwestern beat down here because I think they're better coached than that and they've got better talent. But I'm thinking a solid win. What about you? Do you have Do you have a prediction? You want to do that now?
1: I do, and I think you've you've kind of taken the lead the last few weeks. So I'm. I'm gonna throw my out. I'm gonna throw mine out there. If I can talk, uh, I'm going to throw it out there, uh, and I'm going to be bold. So here you go, man. Uh, a little bit more separation, a little bit more confidence with my prediction this week. I'm going 35 to 14.
0: Okay, I'm going to change my score because it was almost <laughs> identical to yours. Come on, man. Just, I just see- go with what you had. I had... You ready for this? Sure. We are, we're really synced up. We need to... I don't know how we need to fix this. I had 34 14.
1: <laughs> Get out of town.
0: That's what I had. Um... I think you should stick with it. It it hinges on one point. Yeah. Yeah, maybe uh, a missed PAT could be the difference, or uh, two field goals could be the difference instead of a touchdown. If we score more than 35,
1: well, I guess if we score 35 or more, I win. If we score 34 or, or less, you win.
0: And, of course, with the Minnesota game comes the Bits of Broken Chair Trophy. Oh, yeah, of course. I talked to Michael Andrews from the Broken Chair Trophy crew um they've just got a great a great group of folks who have been leading on this for a number of years now and i don't know i I, just maybe you'll be able to gather this from our quick conversation here i just really feel like they've really matured into um a great group of people that knows exactly what they're trying to accomplish and they get a little better every year and people get more excited every year and they get more donations every year so um yeah uh, here is michael andrews we're excited to have Michael Andrews back on the show. Michael was with us a few years ago to talk about the Chair Trophy. Michael's been on the team organizing stuff behind the scenes with the Chair Trophy for a number of years now. Welcome back to the show, Michael. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, you know, even just today, we're recording here on Monday. I've had people responding to our Twitter account who don't know what the Chair Trophy is. I thought everybody knew. So can you give our, our listeners, maybe some newer listeners, a little bit uh, quick primer on the chair and what it is and why it exists?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, So the chair exists because the when Bo Pelini was the coach at Nebraska, there was a fake Bo Pelini account called Faux Pelini and um, they got into a betting match with the Minnesota Gophers um, mascots Twitter account and that ended up being a broken chair. And so five, $5 in the broken chair. Right. And so that's kind of how it started. Um, it was around for a few years. It kind of disappeared. We don't really know what happened to the original one, but um, about five years ago, myself included, there was just a group of fans who were like, this is the only chair that Nebraska has in the big 10 that has its roots in actual fandom, right? It wasn't a predetermined this has to be a trophy from the it's big not 10 a trophy,
0: yeah
2: yeah and i'm not trying to admonish the big 10 or, or any corporations or anything but and so we wanted to bring it back and my idea was to just rebuild it and see if anyone would like want to parade it around and word got out and then we met up with some minnesota fans and um it was joe's idea to put a charity around it where we would donate money to the hospital at minnesota and King jack and so just kind of organically grew from that. And that's what we've been doing for the last five years is every Nebraska, Minnesota game, we even up to the games, but especially during the week of the game and like pregame tailgating, we raise money for charity. So,
0: yeah, that's awesome. I feel like for a while there, the goal was maybe, and correct me if I'm wrong, but to try to get it be some sort of official trophy, but it seems like you guys really have a cool thing going and you're almost better off with just doing what you're doing.
2: We had that discussion this year because that was the original intent was to just get it back and recognized by the schools. Um, Obviously we would still love if the schools recognize it, but I know there's a lot more involved to that than just, Hey, you know, do this trophy. So we're, we're not holding any grudges there, but yeah, we've, we kind of talked about that this year and it's the way it's grown. I mean, I think, I think we're over $50,000 and, you know, over five years, which awesome. Every year never seemed like that much, but when you total it up, that's a lot of money, right. For yeah. charity for, for what we're doing. And so, yeah, we, I mean, we enjoy it. And I was even talking today with people and how I said, Oh, I don't consider this like a thing we do anymore. I consider this part of the whole season. It's just True. like, we just do the chair. So yeah.
0: Yeah. You've arrived. No, I think, I think that's really exciting. And just as I was even thinking about talking to you today, it's just like, this is, it's really coming to its own as, as a thing. And, there's, you know, so people don't know about it. And so we got to keep educating. But um, I feel like uh, Minnesota has won the fundraising portion of it more often
2: than not. Is that right? I'm not sure that Nebraska has ever won the fundraising okay. portion. I'd have to go back and look.
0: I, I know but, that we've made a better showing of it this year. Do you know where we're at as of Monday?
2: Um, last I checked, you guys were at like a little over 5,000. Um, I don't know where the team Jack donations are. Um, once again, I'm the IT guy, so I'm not always the best person to ask for that. Joe would be or Mary. Um, but yeah, I, I I think you guys are over five thousand again, and it looks like you're on track to probably beat us again. Which, I I almost take that loss harder than I would take a loss in the football game. (laughs) (laughs) You're personally invested. I mean, you can actually do something.
0: I am. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed that at least one of our followers on Twitter, uh, which one was it, had a, a personal challenge. Like, hey, if we can get to a certain threshold of giving, we will. I will match or I'll give a thousand bucks or something. So, I mean, yeah, you're seeing more and more cool stuff like that.
2: And I, I feel like in the past, you guys always have an edge on us because there's someone out there from the Minnesota side who always donates a huge chunk anonymously. Yeah. So if that person is listening, thank you. But... Yeah. It's always tough to beat that hurdle. So. Yeah. Yeah. In my
0: experience lots of times when you have a big fundraising campaign, you get one person that can make all the difference, you know, everybody yeah. you need all the, the you need all the effort, you need everybody, but there can lots of times mm-hmm. difference. It was, uh, it was Vegas Jer on Twitter said, if we could get to 7,000 today, he would donate a thousand. And we, it looks like 13 minutes ago, your Twitter account tweeted that. We did it. So yeah. So yeah, we're about 8,000 uh, as of yep. recording this on Monday afternoon. So that's, that's really exciting. Um, and the trophy currently resides in Minnesota. So hopefully it'll yep. come back here and where will it, res- you know, if and when the Huskers win, where does the trophy go in Nebraska?
2: Um, I don't know if we've fleshed that out this year because we've bounced it around before um, it's stayed at like a local bar and it stayed at a couple other places. And so I think we may try to get it back with Team Jack because that's where we feel like it belongs, sure. um, with like their office. So we okay. usually figure that out after the fact because sometimes it's a little bit of work to figure out who wants to host it, and we want to see the outcome of the game first. So, sure. yeah, that's um,
0: Team Jack is man. What a year they've
2: had with losing uh, Jack's dad. Yeah, and um, it's, it's yeah. been tough. That's like, I so I run the Husker subreddit, which we have twenty thousand some subscribers, and like it was felt across everyone so it's that's hard
0: yeah i was actually reading his book um when it was became clear that he was going to pass soon so that was you know it was just like he, i was re- hearing his voice in my head and evenings sure. as i was reading and so anyway really really sad so it'd be great if we could win this uh for him you know if people could maybe kick yeah. in a little extra thinking about the hoffman family when when does do you guys have like a hard and fast like you must give by? this date in order to be counted.
2: We, I mean, we usually shut it off that Sunday after the game, right? If somebody came up to us with a check, we're not going to be like, Oh, you missed the deadline. You can't donate. Okay. Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's just because usually we're trying to get our ducks in a row to make sure the donations are um, out. That's a little easier. This, the last couple years where we're not taking the money anymore. We're just directing it straight to the yeah. Jack and that's a good move. The hospital foundation. So yeah, like just took a lot off our backs. Cause we were concerned about that just from a, you know, people questioning things standpoint. So we know you're, you we're don't want to hold the money if you get. don't have to hold the money.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Well, uh, the whole spirit though, is it's, it's around the game. So folks, if you're going to give and you please, please do give, give, you know, before, before kickoff, um, would be my encouragement
2: and where, where can people go to give, um, you can just go to brokenchairtrophy.com. There are two big buttons right at the top that will say donate for the Huskers or donate for, um, Minnesota. Um, we're also gonna be tailgating before the game. Um, I would say tweet at us if you want the chair to try to stop by your um tailgate, just at broken chair trophy. If you can do it ahead of time so we can plan, that would be great. Um, but yeah, we would definitely try to hit it. If you are there game day and want to see it, you can tweet at us and ask where we are. But like I said, you know, we should be around. Um, I won't be there, but the the rest of the team should so we're, we're happy to do that um i would also say we have an auction for a minnesota nebraska chair trophy guitar oh that yeah that someone was willing to create themselves and so if you just go to ebay and search for broken chair trophy it'll come up okay oh, wow. wow yeah that's awesome and it's like that's all going to donations as well yeah we um super generous and a lot of time and um so, yeah, I want to get word out on that too because that's something tangible you can take home. So, awesome.
0: Yeah, so it looks like I'm I'm on the website here and we're at 81,
2: 8130 for Team Yeah, Bank, so, so I <laughs> I just got a message saying it looks like we're going to break a new fundraising record this year. So, um yeah. It's, it's changing as we're talking. Like right yeah. Now.
0: Well, I just went over to the, now the Masonic Children's Hospital and they're at 5,310. So Huskers have a lead, but Nebraska has been known to lose leads from time to time. So let's, uh, mm-hmm. let's finish strong. Let's go. Everybody. Yep. Give. Great. Well, I'm Michael, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for all your effort and your leadership on this over the last number of years. This is one of our favorite traditions in college football. And I, I think you're right. I think it's just part of the football season. It's just part of the the fabric of college football now so keep yeah keep up with the it,
2: thanks and i just want to say I, I can't take credit it's the entire team what? like they do so much so <laughs> don't give me all the credit
0: well you're the one i'm talking to so you can pass it <laughs> okay
2: I'll, I'll just take it all then. yeah yeah just
0: conduit. <laughs> thank all you right. awesome well thanks michael and uh good luck with uh probably a busy weekend yeah thanks
1: Thanks for joining us on the program, Mr. Andrews, uh, and Breaking News Justin. Yeah. Uh, as is that of... my nickname, Breaking News Justin? <laughs> yeah, right. This Justin. Um this, this Michael. Yeah, right. Uh, uh, just before our, it looks like, yeah, just before we started recording tonight, and tonight is Monday, uh, the week of the game, um, the Team Jack Foundation has already raised over or I guess rather they have raised for the Team Jack Foundation. They've already met their goal of $10,000. They have surpassed that number. Wow. And it's the start of the week. So That's
0: awesome. That's got to be a record, don't you think? I, I, I can't remember. I think remember. so. If it's not a record, I mean they're really on a roll.
1: Yeah. So let's keep that uh let's keep that momentum going and uh, head over to brokenchairtrophy.com and make a donation. Um, you're going to be helping um, kids, you're going to be supporting uh, a cause that's way cooler than some manufactured corporate garbage. Um, <laughs> this is a, a real grassroots movement, and it's been cool. Um, you know, Justin was kind of speaking to this earlier. I, I really feel like this broken chair trophy has taken on a life of its own. Like it started yeah. out as this Polini thing, it became uh-huh. almost kind of a meme when we saw that photo of Riley holding it up. You know, Scott Frost. It doesn't have anything to do with it at this point, but like that doesn't matter. Like the the fans have rallied behind this thing and turned it into something super positive, super fun, something we look forward to every year. Um, And they're making a real difference in the lives of young people who really need the
0: help. So I'm all for it. Mike, you'll enjoy. I mean, when you listen to the conversation, you're going to hear this, but I mean, that's that was kind of one of the things we talked about is for a while the goal was to get it. The trophy like uh recognized or sanctioned by the universities and at this point they don't need that they've they've got something that they've built on their own so it's almost better you know someday someday the schools are going to come back to them and be like hey guys this is a this is a really cool thing i mean yeah we could have it on the field and they'll be like well i know
1: if they if they go for like i mean think about this if if it keeps going for like another 10 15 20 years it it feels like it's something where it's gonna have to be recognized at some point, you know. That's like, I mean, cause... be
0: so be so good they can't ignore you. Is that like a motivational book or something? I mean, that's basically what they're doing.
1: Yeah, because I mean, at some point they're gonna hit a a milestone of having raised like a you know, hundred thousand dollars, two hundred fifty, something like that. Like that that deserves some recognition, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean yeah, heck, I think ten thousand dollars this year deserves recognition,
0: but Absolutely. Who am I? <laughs> well we look forward to tweeting out a final number and talking about it uh when we record next week after we beat the Gophers and keep the trophy, bring it back to Lincoln or wherever in Nebraska where it reside. I can't wait. hmm Hey, maybe uh let's let's land the plane here by me giving you the updated Nebraska S P plus numbers. I don't yeah. think I gave those yet. So after the loss, Nebraska Falls three and four We dropped two spots overall to 24, so still a top 25 SP-plus team despite having a losing record. Yep. The offense actually went up four spots to 30. That's against a really top defense. The defense went down six spots to 26, and no change in special teams, 122.
1: Okay. Yeah, I almost felt like, I mean, yeah,
0: that special teams number is just so interesting to me. Well, we're not doing anything to move the needle. Up. Yeah, yeah. We're just holding serves. So, I mean, touchbacks are awesome and you can't really ask for anything better than a bunch of touchbacks. I mean, you can ask for them running out and pinning them on the 10, but you don't you can't control that. Yeah. So, touchbacks are awesome and Oliver Martin is fair catching and successfully catching all the punts. Mm-hmm. And so you're not losing massive yards on bounces, but you know, we've so we've already done that. Mm-hmm. So, we kind of dug the hole. So, you can't you're not going to dig that dig back out by just Fair catching, but at the same time, that's what this team needs to be successful. It's yep. is a decent fair catch. The The kicking game is stabilized, and the punting game looks okay. So, um, yeah, we, we probably will just hold steady, if, and that's maybe a good thing at this point, <laughs> to not screw at the bottom of the barrel. 122, folks. Right on.
1: Hey, everybody, you know what is also a good thing? Handing out select cuts of bison as Halloween treats. Oh, wow. You know, put a real yeah. smile on children's faces this year and hand them slab of <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in, in all seriousness, the holiday season is swiftly approaching. And what better way to say I love you or I'm thankful for you than by filling the freezer of somebody you love with mm. some, some healthy... Um, I am not a doctor, but you know, some comparatively healthy meat, um, compared to some other options out there. Um, so central Nebraska Buffalo is the direction we want to point you in. That is cnbuffalo.com. And of course, you know, with the holiday season, maybe it's, maybe it's time to freshen things up, get yourselves and do that new home finally and have your first
0: Christmas in a new home, right? Yeah. I'm wondering what prices are doing. We need we need to talk to, to Monty and, and get a sense of where the market's at. I did hear recently that lumber prices have finally come back down. Yeah. That's something I track every day, but apparently mm-hmm. they have gone the right direction there.
1: Yep. So if you are looking to uh, start that process, maybe thinking about buying or selling a home and uh, changing things up in the terms of your own living situation, Monty would be more than happy to guide you through that process. So you can reach out to him. Again, his phone number is 402-770-3356.
0: You need to, to reach out so that he can help him help you. help Help him help you.
1: We've, are, we've already been down the Jerry Maguire rabbit hole, Justin. You're not going to bring me there. It's the end of the episode. I'm not. I'm keeping it straight. We're landing this plane. No gusts of wind taking us back up into the air. Okay. Speaking of gusts of wind.
0: Oh, no. <laughs> what were you going to say?
1: I'm just going to leave it at that.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Audience, you can put two and two together there. I don't get it. Gust of wind by flatulence. You just made me say flatulence
0: on the show. Oh, you were looking for an excuse, weren't you? (laughs) Anyway. All right. Well, I don't suppose there's much left to say. Let's beat Sink the Boat. Mm Mm-hmm. Sink the Boat, donate to uh, Team Jack, and go Big Red. Go Big Red.